Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right, my friends, welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. You guys, I am so excited to introduce to you a dear friend, Brianna Carey. She is a relationship and intimacy coach, also a postpartum intimacy coach. And I am so excited to share that. But you guys know that I love to give my formal bio, my formal introduction, but also my personal introduction. I have been knowing and working with and walking with Brianna for three years now. I met her as a sexual health educator back in 2020. And when when I met her on her journey, she was really ready and interested and willing to lean into the emotional intelligence work to step up her game as a leader, working with people in that intimacy conversation, helping people lean into the trauma that they were working out or being able to connect more fully with their partners and with themselves, with their bodies. And so it has been such a fun journey. Brianna, I just want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. What I'm excited to have you talk about and share with us today is that postpartum aspect. Like you mm-hmm. you talk about, you've told me more about um, the stages of pregnancy and postpartum in relationship, not so much in parenthood like that. Yes. But not enough people are talking about how, what goes on in your romantic relationship. So I'd love to dive into that with you, but would also love for you to just spend a moment talking to our listeners and introducing yourself. Like what got you where you are today? Yeah, thank you so much for that beautiful reflection on our time together. And I am very excited to be here today. So my journey began 15 years ago, actually, when I was in college. And that's when I became a peer romance consultant, a sexual health educator. And that has been my passion is to help women feel comfortable and confident in their bodies and expressing their desires and communicating their their desires and their pleasure to their partners. And so as my life and relationships evolved, so did how I showed up and shared this education with women. And so as I got married and had kids, um, I realized just how much lack of support there is for couples and parents as they evolve into becoming parents of themselves. And that's where uh, Mark and I, my husband, we kind of struggled with our first kiddo. You know, otherwise it was a pretty typical pregnancy. You get into the uh, postpartum recovery and there's just so much that is not talked about in that, um, especially when it comes to how to support the mom healing and that's where we we realized that we needed to support couples in this because we struggled for about eight months after we had our son. Um, and we created this kind of, um, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say system, but this way of connecting. And that really helped us after we had our second one. And that is what we've been helping couples with now. I love that. I'm so gl- grateful you said you use the term sexual health educator. I remember you saying that consistently as you shared products and things of that nature mm-hmm. and that that was more the focus to be able to help people in that area. 
I had a thought while you were sharing, because I think a lot of people who want to teach what they've been through, like what you go through, you go through. And Mm -hmm. um, we came to learn what we came to teach. However, stepping into a position of authority or a position of calling yourself an expert on anything Mm -hmm. comes with going through it, going through the experience. The term came to me, imposter syndrome, right? Like where we have to make that transition from like, I struggled with this to now I'm going to teach people who do struggle with it. Mm -hmm. What have you had to work through? What have you had to give up in order to be able to step up as an expert in this area and authority on the topic? Yeah, a lot of self-doubt. Who am I to be sharing this information? There's other quote unquote, more qualified professionals But also I had to step back and look at that and be like, well, but they're not. Medical professionals are not taught this aspect. I've lived this and I hear it from hundreds of women that this is what they struggle with. So I know that I am an expert and I really had to step into that knowing of my experience and that I that qualifies me in and of itself to support others on this journey. I love that. And so what have you noticed? Because you said, heard this from hundreds of women. Mm. What are some of the most common, I want to use complaints, like, or, but you're definitely going to know what to bring up. Yeah. What are the most common struggles with, I want to say I'm asking for women, but I'm also asking for couples. Like, what do you see in the field? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Communication and understanding. The mom's understanding what their body is going through, because again, we're not really educated on the true capacity of healing. Like it takes a woman's body a year to fully heal from pregnancy and birth. The six week appointment that we get, <laughs> where we get the all clear, I, there's so many misconceptions about that and getting back into intimacy. Um, I think that is probably the number one struggle is they, they go to the doctor. This is where I struggle. They go to the doctor, they get the quote unquote all clear at that appointment. And women and their partners think that that means like that is your go point to get back into sex. And it's not what that means is the wound from the placenta has fully healed. You have a dinner plate size wound in your uterus up to six weeks after you have a baby. That is why they say no sex, no inserting, no baths because they don't want infections getting into that massive wound. Plus, if there's stitches, a C-section, different things like that, there's a lot of like care that you have to give to yourself. And so... When they go to that appointment, they think that that's like, they're all clear. I joke that that's the only date that men remember is the six-week appointment because they're like, hey, we... And there's so much more healing that needs to be done after that point. Um, So having the male partners understand that healing process as well. And okay, yes, this wound is healed. But now how are you feeling physically? How are you feeling emotionally, mentally? Because those first six weeks, the, you know, first, the fourth trimester, you are learning, you're becoming a new person. You're learning this tiny person and you're figuring out your new family dynamic with your partner. There's a lot of shifts happening. Uh, again, if you're breastfeeding, you're feeling touched out and women don't fully understand it or understand how to express it. And men, especially if they are partnered with a male, like they don't understand what touched out is at all. 
And so those all are kind of like this cycle of like not understanding and not under knowing how to communicate. It just like feeds off of each other and it just creates disconnect in the relationship. Yeah, I I could imagine um, and, and have also worked with women clients. Like I, I love my work because I love the intimacy of, you know, being able to coach in our own capacities and make the roles because I've had women breastfeeding just having had a baby. So I, I walk with them during some of those stages as well and have heard little bits, but I just love the depth of understanding you can provide for us. And I'm imagining how many women are relating, listening, or how many husbands and dads can are listening and relating to the experience. Now you you mentioned the males. Um, you have your partner, your husband Mark, who is a licensed professional counselor, and also working with you in the coaching realm. And you guys are co-coaching and partnership coaching. Can you give us a little dive into that? We're going to go back into a lot of things you said. I took a few notes that I want to talk about, <laughs> but bring Mark into this conversation with us. Yes. yes. Yeah. So I love that we get to offer the support for couples because another major piece that is not talked about a lot is support for dads during that postpartum phase and how all of the focus is on the baby, somewhat on the mom, and then the dad is just left there. (laughs) kind of floating. He can't really do a whole lot to help with a baby. And, you know, he, he's trying to figure out how he fits into this partnership. And so what I love is that Mark gets to offer his perspective and his experience and support the dad in that, because if the dad has support and can feel validated in his feelings, then he also gets to learn how to show up and be that supportive mature, masculine structure in their their partnership and allows the mom to really lean into, you know, coming into her motherhood and connecting with her baby, which is just then going to allow their relationship to deepen even more. Mm. And so I love that. Um, yeah, he's been a licensed professional counselor for uh, over seven years now. He has his own private practice and he's done a lot of um, marriage counseling. And um, as we've, I've been building this business, we realized how special bringing him into this work is going to be for couples as well. Beautiful, beautiful. I think it's important because you, I really, in watching you develop this next season of your business with the intimacy evolution, and you guys have a podcast and you put a lot of information out there. You have courses, you do one-on-one coaching, all these different aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you have this X factor of the two of you teaming up to, to work with people, to work with couples. And so, um, I kind of wanted to backtrack because the, you know, the husband's over here with both hands up, like, oh, okay, you know, <clears throat> six week appointment. All right. Let's get, you know, let's get funky. <laughs> and the wife is touched out and like 10 foot pole distance, say yeah. far away from me. And I also have watched, I wonder, there's two things that are at the front of my mind right now. One is perhaps the male's husband's maybe resentment or Mm. anger, sadness, disappointment. Like what are some of the experiences there that go on? Loneliness. Oftentimes it's they are feeling alone in this journey because it is the mom and baby. They can't do a whole lot or they think that what they're doing is not enough because the mom might not have full understanding of her body or how to communicate that to them. Then they're feeling that disconnect because it's like, why won't you even let me touch you? I, you know, 
it just trickles down. And so that loneliness then can become um, sometimes feeling unloved, mm-hmm. um, feeling unattractive because their partner is not wanting to engage with them. And then that is what builds up into that resentment. Yeah, I hear you. Um, which without the emotional intelligence and the ability for both partners to be like be aware of themselves mm-hmm. and then be aware of the circumstances, I can imagine how messy it can get. I wanted to go back to the mom. I'm kind of jumping around. I'm just following the flow. So whatever flow this is, um, going back to the mom, I wanted to bring up like, I wrote it down as an identity crisis. Mm. Like you said, all those transitions. And because I wrote understanding the body and one, most of us were never taught to how to listen to our bodies, how to understand what's going on. And so now all of a sudden, the body we're very used to let's say, is doing all sorts of different things. We're feeling all sorts of different ways. Our roles have completely changed. What do you see in that aspect? Mm, yes. Like you said, we're not taught about our bodies any in general, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let alone the shifts that our body is going through. You know, your body spent 10 months because let's be realistic, 40 weeks is 10, 10 months mm-hmm. growing and shifting and It's going to take a lot of time for your body to go back again. Like I said, a year at least for healing. Now you can get back down to, you know, pre baby weight sometimes before that for sure. But understanding like nurturing your body, moving it, um, gentle stuff, just yoga, walking, getting out, um, nourishing food that can help heal your womb as well. And giving yourself grace as you step into this new role and knowing that it's okay to grieve who you were before, Mm -hmm. to grieve the life that you had before, because I think that could also Mm -hmm. be where a lot of postpartum depression and anxiety comes from. And we don't understand that that is what's actually happening is we are going through a loss of identity. Yeah. We're grieving and it's okay to be sad that, you know, you see all of your friends just picking up and going to a concert and you can't because you have a two week baby that relies on you and you can't do that anymore yet, mm-hmm. you know? And I think just bringing that to the front that it's okay to be sad, talk to people about it. And also you can turn that around and, and just honor the season that you're in mm. because it's not forever. Amen to that. <laughs> Parent or not. <laughs> there, I mean, I was listening and there's just like a lot of truths that you're speaking about that apply to, to mom's parents and, and non-parents. Like, mm-hmm. uh, So thank you for that because I think this is a, is a really well-rounded conversation because as you were sharing, I was thinking of the five knee surgeries I've had. I was really relating to the body's ability to recover and mm-hmm. the way that our mind recover wants to recover yeah. so much more quickly than the body biologically does. So we want to get up and go to the concert. And then there's this like sense of loss or sense of, I can't, I'm limited. Now it like really humbles us to have to sit and rest and wait for Mm. something that we can't force. And I think that that matter, especially, you know, when you're talking about intimacy, maybe sex and touch and, and that closeness, 
you might want to, you might even want to, I'm guessing as a, as a woman, like you don't want your husband to feel like you don't unloved and things like that. Go ahead, please. Yes. You know, yeah, just all of that. And that is the thing is like, I, you know, um, I hear a lot of women say like, I love my partner. I want to, but I just mentally, physically cannot bring myself to do that. And I just want to like put a little like PSA in here. Your body is not meant to want it right away. Because again, biologically, your body is healing and is meant to bond with that baby. It is not wanting to procreate again. Yes, we can have sex and intimacy without procreating. But biologically, that is what our body is doing. It's protecting itself from having that happen again. And so you are not meant to want it. And that's okay. So I think just having that understanding right there can bring a lot of relief to women and to their partner. Yeah, That it's not anything about them, either of them. It yeah. is how we are biologically designed to protect ourselves. <laughs> yes. I love that awareness like that you brought that in because our bodies are so intelligent. Mm. They do not need our thinking mind to <laughs> exist. Do you have anything to say about that? Like, yes, pregnancy, but in general, like how, what intelligent machines we are. Yeah. We're taught to dismiss our bodies from a very young age. And I think that especially going through pregnancy and birth, your body is speaking to you in so many ways. Um, I just saw a post um, in a group that I, I I run, and she was talking about how she's like about seven months post uh, pregnant, and she has this high intensity job, but her hormones are causing her to be very overwhelmed with dealing with these phone calls, and it's. She's like, my partner doesn't understand. He says, I just need to toughen up and get over it. But what's happening is your body is getting into the last stages of pregnancy, of developing, and it is trying to preserve its energy. It's telling you that what you're experiencing is very overwhelming at that time. So if you're noticing you need to sleep, sleep. If you need to, if you know, again, cravings, you're craving certain things for certain reasons. Like with my daughter, I craved dairy. And I think it's be, like girls absorb calcium more from the mom than boys do. I don't know. Like that was just like my, my intuitive, like I need all of the dairy. I need more calcium. Our bodies are incredible. Don't dismiss it. Yeah. Thank you for that. And as you were sharing, I was like, I, I know you've done a lot of work around trauma, wound healing, right? Like there's womb healing, yeah. W-O-M-B. BM. Oh my God. MB. MB. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Brain fart for a second. But also the way that our body stores trauma. So, mm. I mean, I think we, I could definitely bring up specifics, especially around the womb. Like if we've suffered any sort of like physical sexual abuse or anything, but what do you experience where like maybe on women's pregnancy journey, but also just if you've had clients, especially, um, as a sexual health educator, you know, you've had conversations with people where they have, we have stored trauma in our body. And what have you experienced while working with people and working some of those things out? Mm. So what is also not talked about a lot is how pregnancy and birth especially can unearth those traumas that you've experienced. And I don't say this to scare anybody, but just again, to bring awareness that that can happen because again, going through birth, even though birth is natural, it is still a lot to your body. 
I say traumatic in a sense because like they've equated it to like feeling like your bones are being crushed, you know, like that is birth. And so like, that's intense. And that can, again, because we hold a lot of that in that, that sacral, the womb, and it can come out to be aware that, again, I think that can also be leading to postpartum depression and anxiety because we're not sure what is actually happening and being unearthed in our body because we haven't processed it. Go to therapy right away. Don't wait for something to happen. Start supporting yourself right away from birth. You know, um, that way you have somebody to talk to, you have somebody validating you, you have a support system. I recommend women going to pelvic floor therapy right away as well. Well, they're six weeks, but that's also going to help support the healing process. And um, I feel like I veered off a little bit from where, where no, <laughs> what you originally asked. <laughs> no, you were right on track. And okay. <clears throat> this must be a very important episode if my throat is being so resistant. Um, <laughs> I actually love what you said specifically. Like it's not to scare you away from pregnancy or, or having your, the baby you, you dream of and all of that. But we need more education, upfront education, not we, we want the preventative not the, you know, ah, emergency situation. Yeah, And I would say at least, let's say two to three out of 10 women I'll talk to will now explain their birth as a traumatic birth experience. And so they're one recovering from the, like you said, the bone crushing pain. Uh, Like I can imagine other than being in an accident, like things not intended that birth is the most traumatic thing that can happen to your body. Yeah. No. And so, and we do it, we choose it and people choose it multiple times. And so, Mm -hmm. and it's, it really does. I, I can imagine how much it unearths for one, like that physical area of the region of the body, but also times that you were in danger or times you've had to survive tra- other traumatic experiences. So yeah. they unrelated, not, it doesn't have to be sexual trauma, mm-hmm. but there's all sorts of things that can come up that we are not prepared for. So one, I, I acknowledge you for saying, you know, therapy, pelvic floor, th- physical and emotional therapy being the yeah. thing and just pre-education. It's kind of like, it's interesting. <laughs> I kind of joke. I wish there was a test people had to pass to have kids. Obviously there's not, but, and it's kind of the goes for marriage. Like I'm, I've been married and I probably could have done a lot better if I had pre-marriage counseling to decide if that person is compatible to decide if we will work together in certain situations because things didn't work out because I didn't ask enough questions pre-marriage, right? We're not asking enough questions pre-pregnancy. We're not, there's not enough out there. And like, yes, there's books for sure. And I really believe in the power of working with a professional. It's definitely one of the mm. reasons I wanted to have you on here because um, books are great, podcasts great. We you, we both write them and deliver them and share them, right? But also working with a professional helps you. You don't know what you don't know and a book's mm-hmm. not necessarily going to do that for you. So bringing things out of our blind spots and mm-hmm. into our conscious awareness, we can do more work with that. We can be more prepared. What do you... I'm going on and on. What do you have to say? Yeah, about no, all of that. And something that came through is... A lot of times couples don't realize when they have a baby, they start to implement their family dynamics from their childhood 
Oh, keep do that's yeah. so juicy. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. And so that can start causing a lot of like, well, why did you do this? Like, and sometimes you don't even know, but you're just doing what was modeled to you as a, a child and what you experienced in your family. And so you don't know that those are things you need to talk about before you have a baby. Because again, they're just that subconscious like things that you're starting to do because that's what you saw your parents do. And it could, I wish I could come up with an example right now. It could be like super minimal, but just kind of like to the other partner, you're just like, what was that? You know, (laughs) like, so something that I hear a lot is doesn't matter how antiquated it can be, but the mom's at home. She takes care of the baby. She takes care of the house. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of women are getting frustrated because their partner comes home from work. They lounge on the couch or, you know, they don't, they didn't discuss what this would look like Mm. as they brought a baby into their family. Like, Hey, I'm going to need more support here. There's almost a re delegation process that, that needs to happen Yeah, so that the mom feels supported. And also you cannot expect your partner to just know what to do. You have to tell them you cannot. I love this phrase. um, Expectations are just premeditated resentment. (laughs) you know if you you're like well they they should just see that this needs done no because we are different people with different experiences yeah so having a conversation about what that can look like if you are normally the person that is making dinners that's going to be tough for you to do now that you are caring for a newborn Mm -hmm. and so maybe you know working together and prepping some meals for the week so they can just throw it in the oven, reheat it, do some crock pot meals or, you know, whatever that looks like, but have a conversation so you know how you guys want to operate as a new family unit. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that in because it's there's so much that's uncommunicated and assumed and expected mm-hmm. that it turns out completely disastrous. And so mm-hmm. one, the the importance of communication, you know, in relationship period, but now all of these dynamics are flipped upside down. And I, I appreciate that you brought in women that, you know, have the the antiquated or like equivalent care for the baby, care for the house. Like that's, mm-hmm. that, that's the new role, like understood mm-hmm. or baseline. Right. And that so met, like we are in a different time we are of a different generation where we have mo- mo- a lot of us have that now been raised by working women. And so we've been modeled and raised also as working women or, mm. and now, and I love it all. Like I'm open to all of it because I'm sure out of the 500 people that listen to it, there will be 500 opinions about it. So it's all good, but that we have to navigate what it looks like, the identity again. Because so many of us do identify as working women. And then even if we want, we thought we wanted to become stay at home moms, there were so go ahead, please, because (laughs) there's so much conditioning here. You go right ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was one of those, those women. I grew up with a stay at home mom. I thought that I was going to be just a stay at home, just don't come at me, but that's what I, you know, I'm going to be a stay at home mom with my babies. And I realized, yes, I have that entrepreneurial spirit. I love to do and be involved in stuff. And I also feel that that is sometimes at the detriment of the relationship because you're trying to be this strong 
pillar that you were and you're not allowing yourself to soften into the motherhood and that experience first. Yes, you can get back into that. You can find some sort of a harmony. I don't want to say a balance because like you're never going to have it equal, but it's a harmony. You're going to have an ebb and a flow with it. And I struggled with that a lot. I saw other women, high achieving women that were quote unquote doing all the things. Why couldn't I do all of the things? Why couldn't I run my business and take care of the house and take care of my child? What they weren't telling their audience was they had a nanny. They had a house cleaner. Their partner only worked two days a week. They were not doing it all on their own. And so I'm just going to like put that out there. If you think that these women are doing all of the things, they are not and they're not being truthful about it. And so just again, giving yourself grace and allowing yourself to be in the flow of your femininity because that is mother. Like Mm -hmm. that is the essence of motherhood is being in your true feminine and embrace that for the time being. And then as you are healed and your baby's older, you can start to figure out and play with the the dynamics of going back into work and being more in that, that structured life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something came through and I don't know if it's in my mind and I'm, or if I'm picking up on it, like it's already on my mind, but uh, receiving. Mm. You're talking a lot about feminine and it was just like, bing, bing, bing. Yeah. Like at you're, you're down and out. <laughs> you're, you're down for the count. You're, you're at least at the very least six weeks in recovery, right? Yeah. And you're so used to, you want to be the provider. You want to be this pillar you're used to. And now you have to soften up, sit back, lean back, rest, recover, and ultimately also be taken care of as much as baby might need to be taken care of. And so, and then you're also no longer providing income, let's say. Now that's not true for everybody. Maybe you have residuals, that's great and wonderful. But for the most part, when we take off, we are so does our income, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, now you're not also contributing the same way. This also ties into the identity crisis. So tell me what you perceive or what's landing for you about the receiving aspect of motherhood. Yeah, we're not taught to. No, no, no. We're taught to be we're taught to be givers. Women are givers. We're doing for others all the time. And this is uh oh, we have so much work to do in this area of supporting women in general and uh especially new moms and being able to receive help. There are so many other cultures where moms do not leave the house for a month. They are nurtured. They are taken care of by their community like it was back with our ancestors. The tribe, the community literally helped these new moms come into their motherhood and took care of them, brought them food, took care of things and allowed them that time to heal. And... um Again, just softening into that. You are not, there's so much guilt that comes with that, thinking that they're a burden. But this is a truly special time where you get to be taken care of, enjoy it, receive it, open up to it. I wish I would have done that more. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bringing some tears to my eyes because I was very harsh on myself. Yeah. Uh, very unkind. I judged myself a lot for not being able to do what I thought I needed to do. 
mm-hmm. and not allowing others to help me out more. And thanks for your vulnerability. Thanks for letting us see and hear those tears because I can imagine we all go through it like as women starting motherhood and that you have the experience to be able to step in and I don't want to say intervene, but Mm -hmm. also, you know, the proactive support of women going through this is like, you can be gentler with yourself. You can receive, and this is how, and this is what it looks like, and this is what it's going to feel like, and this is what's Mm -hmm. going to drum up. Because just because we know we're supposed to doesn't mean we will or know how to. And I think, you know, especially if we do want to, and we can't quite get it together or figure it out, then comes that inner critic twice as much to say, Mm -hmm. you're doing it wrong. You suck. You're worthless. Hide out, you know, what all of it, whatever the conversation we have. And so I so appreciate you sharing because I know you and I know your passion and I know your your joy and willingness to help women with this conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, it might be a little premature, but you help people in so many ways and you do plan on bringing a book baby into this world. Yeah, I do. Yes, <laughs> I do. I am so excited to be in the process of writing that to share with women and couples for them to have a resource to look at and know like, okay, here's what we're going to be experiencing. Here's how we can connect during this phase. And especially the first year of postpartum, like we have a timeline for that and what you can loosely expect to happen within your relationship during that first year. And we'll outline all of that and how you can reconnect and get back to sometimes even a deeper connection than you had before baby. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And and as I mentioned somewhere in the middle of this episode, like books and podcasts are wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. But how can people connect with you directly to be able to work with you and have some of these conversations? Yeah, um, Instagram is great. Um, it's just my name, Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-N-A, uh, Carrie, C-A-R-E-Y. Um, you can you know DM me on there. You can go to our website, intimacyevolution.com. And you know you can connect with us there. You can see what we offer. Um, we have one-on-one. We have two-on-two. Again, we work with a couple. We have a course in the works as well. Um, and we have some some programs. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, I want to ask one more question that I like to ask most of my guests. What does it look like for Brianna Carey's heart to be unleashed? Oh, to be unleashed is to be fully accepting of myself. Because when I am able to be fully accepting of myself, my gifts, then I get to radiate that and share that with the world. Mm. And that took me a long time to understand that I do have a lot of amazing messages and gifts to share. Um, Like we kind of talked about here with especially moms and couples. So yeah, Yeah. it's been such an honor to know you and walk with you on your journey for so long. I know your nurturing heart, your feeling heart. I might get emotional. It's just like (laughs) you have such a gift to connect and like, I experience it and I know others do like I, you've been on, you know, in book clubs and in different courses where People just, when you speak, people listen. Like I think everybody feels held by your presence. And so I am so excited and honored and grateful to have you here on the Hearts Unleashed podcast, especially sharing such intimate conversations. So thanks for being an intimacy coach. You're our intimacy coach. (laughs) And it's just really great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. 
Yeah. I definitely feel that and yeah. receive it openly. So thank you so much. And it was an honor to be here with you today. Amen. And hearts, I hope you got exactly what you needed from our conversation today. You know, I'm feeling really called if this resonated with you or you can you know someone, you know a couple, you know a new mama, a new father who could really use this conversation, please send it to them. Please share this with the folks that you know in your life. And I hope that it also nurtured your heart in whatever way you are on your journey. So thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.